1: Thanks so much for your listenership and support. Good evening. Welcome to Send Me to Sleep, the world's sleepiest podcast. I'm your host, Andrew. I'm here to help calm your mind and send you into a peaceful, Night sleep. Tonight I'll be reading Chapter Three on the Pasture and Chapter Four in the Grandmother's Hut from Heidi by Joanna Speary. So let your eyes fall heavy and your breath soften as we settle in. For a peaceful night's sleep. Chapter 3 On the Pasture Heidi was awakened early next morning by a loud whistle.
0: Opening her eyes, she saw her little bed and the hay beside her bathed in golden light. For a short while, she did not know where she was, but when she heard her grandfather's deep voice outside, she recollected everything. She remembered how she had come up the mountain the day before and left old Ursula, who was always shivering with cold and sat near the stove all day. While Heidi lived with Ursula, she had always been obliged to keep in the house where the old woman could see her. Being deaf, Ursula was afraid to let Heidi go outdoors, and the child had often fretted in the narrow room and had longed to run outside. She was therefore delighted to find herself in her new home and hardly could wait to see the goats again. Jumping out of bed, she put on her few things, and in a short time went down the ladder and ran outside. Peter was already there with his flock, waiting for Shwanali and Barley, whom the grandfather was just bringing to join the other goats. Do you want to go with him to the pasture? asked Grandfather. Yes, cried Heidi, clapping her hands. Go now and wash yourself first, for the sun will laugh at you if he sees how dirty you are. Everything is ready there for you, he added, pointing to a large tub of water that stood in the sun. Heidi did as she was told, and washed and rubbed herself till her cheeks were glowing. In the meanwhile, the grandfather called to Peter to come into the hut and bring his bag along. The boy followed the old man, who commanded him to open the bag in which he carried his scanty dinner. The grandfather put into the bag a piece of bread and a slice of cheese that were easily twice as large as those the boy had
1: in the bag himself.
0: The little bowl goes in too, said the uncle, for the child does not know how to drink straight from the goat the way you do. She is going to stay with you all day, therefore milk two bowls full for her
1: dinner. Look out that she does not fall over the rocks, do you hear? Just then, Heidi came running in. Grandfather, can
0: the sun still laugh at me? she asked. The child had rubbed herself so violently with the coarse towel which the grandfather had put beside the tub that her face, neck,
1: and arms were as red as a lobster. With a smile, the grandfather said, No,
0: he can't laugh any more now, but when you come home tonight, You must go into the tub like a fish.
1: When one goes about like the goats, one gets dirty feet. Be off. They started merrily up the Alp. A cloudless, deep
0: blue sky looked down on them, for the wind had driven away every little cloud in the night. The fresh green mountainside was bathed in brilliant sunlight and many blue and yellow flowers had opened. Heidi was wild with joy and ran from side to side. In one place she saw big patches of fine red primroses. On another spot, Blue gentians
1: sparkled in the grass, and everywhere the golden rock roses were nodding to her. In
0: her transport at finding such treasures, Heidi even forgot Peter and his goats. She ran far ahead of him and then strayed away off to one side for the sparkling flowers tempted her here and there. Picking whole bunches of them
1: to take home with her, she put them all into her little apron. Peter, whose round
0: eyes could only move about slowly, had a hard time looking out for her. The goats were even worse. And only by shouting and whistling, especially by swinging his rod, could he drive them together.
1: Heidi, where are you now? he called quite angrily. Here, it sounded from somewhere. Peter could not see her, for she was
0: sitting on the ground behind a little mound which was covered with fragrant flowers. The whole air was filled with perfume, and the child drew it in, in long breaths. Follow me now, Peter called out. The grandfather has told me to look out for you, and you must not fall over the rocks. Where are they? asked Heidi without even stirring. Way up there, and we have still far to go. If you come quickly, we may see the eagle there and hear him shriek. That tempted Heidi, and she came running to Peter, with her apron full of flowers. You have enough now, he declared. If you pick them all today, there won't be any left tomorrow. Heidi admitted that, besides which she had her apron already full. From now on she stayed at Peter's side. The goats, scenting the pungent herbs, also hurried up without delay. Peter generally took his quarters for the day at the foot of a high cliff which seemed to reach far up into the sky. Overhanging rocks on one side made it dangerous so that the grandfather was wise to warn Peter. After they had reached their destination, the boy took off his bag putting it in a little hollow in the ground. The wind often blew in violent gusts up there, and Peter did not want to lose his precious load.
1: Then he lay down in the sunny grass, for he was very tired. Heidi,
0: taking off her apron, rolled it tightly together and put it beside Peter's bag. Then, sitting down beside the boy, she looked about her. Far down she saw the glistening valley. A large field of snow rose high in front of her. Heidi sat a long time without stirring, with Peter asleep by her side and the goats climbing about. Between the bushes. A light breeze fanned her cheek, and those big mountains about her made her feel happy as
1: never before. She looked up at the mountain tops till they all seemed to have faces, and
0: soon they were familiar to her, like old friends. Suddenly, she heard a loud, sharp scream and looking up she beheld the largest bird she had ever seen flying above her. With outspread wings he flew in large circles over Heidi's
1: head. Wake up, Peter, Heidi called. Look up, Peter, and see the eagle there. Peter got wide awake, and then they both watched the bird breathlessly. It rose
0: higher and higher into the azure, till it disappeared
1: at last behind the mountain peak. Where has it gone? Heidi asked. Home to its nest, was Peter's answer. Oh!
0: Does it really live way up there? How wonderful that must be. But tell me why it screams so loud,
1: Heidi inquired. Because it has to, Peter replied. Oh, let's climb up there
0: and see its nest, implored Heidi. But Peter, expressing decided disapproval in his voice, answered, Oh dear, oh dear, not even goats could climb up there. Grandfather has told me not to let you fall down rocks, so we can't go. Peter now began to call loudly and to whistle, and soon all the goats were assembled on the green field. Heidi ran into their midst for she loved to see them leaping and playing about. Peter, in the meantime, was preparing dinner for Heidi and himself by putting her large pieces on one side and his own small ones on the other. Then he milked barley and put the full bowl in the middle. When he was ready, he called to the little girl but it took some time before she obeyed his call. Stop jumping now, said Peter, and sit down, your dinner is ready. Is this milk for me? she inquired. Yes, it is. Those large pieces also belong to you. When you are through with the milk, I'll get some more. After that, I'll get mine. What milk do you get? Heidi inquired. I get it from my own goat, that speckled one over there. But go ahead and eat, Peter commanded. Heidi obeyed, and when the bowl was empty, he filled it again. Breaking off a piece of bread for herself, She gave Peter the rest, which was still bigger than his own portion had been. She handed him
1: also the whole slice of cheese, saying, You can eat that. I've had enough.
0: Peter was speechless with surprise, for it would have been impossible for him to ever give up any of his share. Not taking Heidi in earnest, he hesitated till she put the things on his knees. Then he saw she really meant it, and he seized his prize. Nodding his thanks to her, he ate the most luxurious meal he had ever had in all his life. Heidi was watching the goats in the meantime, and asked Peter for their names. The boy could tell them all to her, for their names were about the only thing he had to carry in his head. She soon knew them too, for she had listened attentively. One of them was the Big Turk. Who tried to stick his big horns into all the others? Most of the goats ran away from their rough comrade. The bold thistlefitch alone was not afraid, and running his horns three or four times into the other, so astonished the Turk with his great daring that he stood still and gave up fighting for the thistle-fitch had sharp horns and met him in the most warlike attitude a small white goat called snowhopper kept up bleating in the most piteous way which induced heidi to console it several times heidi at last went to the little thing again and throwing her arms around its head, she asked, What is the matter with you, snowhopper? Why do you always cry for help?
1: The little goat pressed close to Heidi's side and became perfectly quiet.
0: Peter was still eating, but between the swallows he called to Heidi, she is so unhappy because the old goat has left us. She was sold to somebody in Mainfield two days ago.
1: Who was the old goat? Her mother, of course. Where is her grandmother? She hasn't any. And her grandfather? Hasn't any either. Poor
0: little snowhopper, said Heidi, drawing the little creature tenderly to her. Don't grieve any more. See, I am coming up with you every day now, and if there is anything the matter, you can come to me.
1: Snowhopper rubbed her head against Heidi's shoulder and stopped bleating. When Peter
0: had finally finished his dinner, he joined Heidi. The little girl had been observing that Schwalani and Bali were by far the cleanest and prettiest goats. They evaded the obtrusive Turk with a sort of contempt, and always managed to find
1: the greenest bushes for themselves. She mentioned it to Peter, who replied, I know,
0: of course they are the prettiest, because the uncle washes them and gives them salt. He has the best stable
1: by far. All of a sudden, Peter, who had been lying on the ground, jumped up and bounded after the goats. Heidi, knowing that something must have happened, followed him. She
0: saw him running to a dangerous abyss on the side. Peter had noticed how the rash thistle-fitch had gone nearer and nearer to the dangerous spot. Peter only just came in time to prevent the goat from falling down over the very edge. Unfortunately, Peter had stumbled over a stone in his hurry and was only able to catch the goat by one leg. The thistlefitch, being enraged to find himself stopped in his charming rambling, Bleated furiously. Not being able to get up, Peter loudly called for help. Heidi immediately saw that Peter was nearly pulling off the animal's leg. She quickly picked up some fragrant herbs and holding them under the animal's nose, she said soothingly, Come, come, thistlefish, and be sensible. You might fall down there and break your leg. That would hurt you horribly. The goat turned about and devoured the herbs Heidi held in her hand. When Peter got to his feet, he led back the runaway with Heidi's help. When he had the goat in safety, he raised his rod to beat it for punishment. The goat retreated shyly, for it knew what was coming. Heidi screamed loudly. Peter, no, do not beat him. Look how scared he is. He well deserves it, snarled Peter, ready to strike. But Heidi, seizing his arm,
1: shouted, full of indignation, You mustn't hurt him. Let him go. Heidi's
0: eyes were sparkling, and when he saw her with her commanding mind, he desisted and dropped his rope. I'll let him go if you give me a piece of your cheese again tomorrow he said, for he wanted a compensation for his fright. You may have it all tomorrow and every day, because I don't need it, Heidi assured him. I shall also give you a big piece of bread, if you promise never to beat any of the goats. I don't care, growled Peter and in that way he gave his promise. Thus the day had passed, and the sun was already sinking down behind the mountains. Sitting on the grass, Heidi looked at the bluebells and the wild roses that were shining in the last rays of
1: the sun. The peaks also started to glow and Heidi suddenly called to the boy.
0: Oh, Peter, look, everything is on fire. The mountains are burning, and the sky, too. Oh, look, the moon over there is on fire, too. Do you see the mountains all in a glow? Oh, how beautiful the snow looks. Peter, the eagle's nest is surely on fire too. Oh, look at the fir trees over there. Peter was quietly peeling his rod and looking up, said to Heidi,
1: This is no fire, it always looks like that. But what is it then? asked
0: Heidi eagerly gazing about her everywhere. It gets that way of itself, explained Peter. Oh, look, everything is all rosy now. Oh, look at this mountain over there, with the snow and the sharp peaks. What is its name? Mountains have no names, he answered. Oh, see how beautiful it is. It looks as if many, many roses were growing on
1: those cliffs. Oh, now they are getting grey. Oh dear, the fire has
0: gone out and it is all over. What a terrible shame, said Heidi quite despondently.
1: It will be the same again tomorrow, Peter reassured her. Come now, we have to go home. When Peter had called the goats together, they started downwards.
0: Will it be like that every day when we are up? Heidi asked eagerly. It usually is,
1: was the reply. What about tomorrow? she inquired. Tomorrow it will be like that, I am sure, Peter affirmed. That made Heidi feel happy again. She walked
0: quietly by Peter's side, thinking over all the new things she had seen. At last, reaching the hut, They found the grandfather waiting for them on the bench under the fir trees. Heidi ran up to him, and the two goats followed, for they
1: knew their master. Peter called to her, Come again tomorrow. Good night.
0: Heidi gave him her hand, assured him that she would come and finding herself surrounded by goats, she hugged Snowhopper a last time. When Peter had disappeared, Heidi returned to her grandfather. Oh, grandfather, it was so beautiful. I saw the fire and the roses on the rocks, and see the many... Many flowers I am bringing you. With that, Heidi shook them out of her apron. But oh, how miserable they looked. Heidi did not even know them anymore. What is the matter with them, Grandfather? They looked so different, Heidi exclaimed in her fright. They are made to bloom in the sun, and not to be shut up in an apron, said the Grandfather. Then I shall never pick them any more. Please, Grandfather, tell me why the eagle screeches so loudly, asked Heidi. First go and take a bath, while I go into the shed to get your milk. Afterwards, we'll go inside together and I'll tell you all about it during supper time. They did as was proposed, and when Heidi sat on her high chair before her milk, she asked the same question as before. Because he is sneering at the people down below who sit in the villages and make each other angry. He calls down to them. If you would go apart to live up on the heights like me, you would feel much better. The grandfather said these last words with such a wild voice that it reminded Heidi of the eagle's screech. Why do the mountains have no names, grandfather? Heidi asked. They all have names, and if you tell me their shape, I can name them for you. Heidi described several, and the old man could name them all. The child told him now about all the happenings of the day, and especially about the wonderful fire. She asked how it came about. The sun does it, he exclaimed. Saying good night to the mountains, he throws his most beautiful rays on them, that they may not forget him till morning. Heidi was so much pleased with this explanation that she could hardly wait to see the sun's good night greetings repeated.
1: It was time now to go to bed, and Heidi slept soundly all night. She
0: dreamt that the little snowhopper was bounding happily about
1: on the glowing mountains, with glistening roses blooming round her. Chapter Four In the Grandmother's Hut Next morning,
0: Peter came again with his goats, and Heidi went up to the pasture with them. This happened day after day, and in this healthy life, Heidi grew stronger and more sunburnt every day. Soon the autumn came, and when the wind was blowing across the mountainside, the grandfather would say, You must stay home today, Heidi, for the wind can blow such a little thing as you down into the valley with a single gust. It always made Peter unhappy when Heidi did not come along, for he saw nothing but misfortunes ahead of him. He hardly knew how to pass his time and besides, he was deprived of his abundant dinner. The goats were so accustomed to Heidi by this time that they did not follow Peter when she was not with him. Heidi herself did not mind staying at home, for she loved nothing better than to watch her grandfather with his saw and hammer. Sometimes the grandfather would make small round cheeses on those days and there was no greater pleasure for Heidi than to see him stir the butter with his bare arms. When the wind howled through the fir trees on those stormy days Heidi would run out to the grove thrilled and happy by the wondrous roaring in the branches. The sun had lost its vigour, and the child had to put on her shoes and stockings and her little
1: dress. The weather got colder and colder, and when Peter came up in the morning,
0: he would blow into his hands. He was so frozen. At last even Peter could not come any more,
1: for a deep snow had fallen overnight. Heidi stood at the window, watching the snow
0: falling down. It kept on snowing till it reached the windows. Still it did not stop, and soon the windows could not be opened and they were all shut in. When it had lasted for several days, Heidi thought that it would soon cover up the cottage. It finally stopped, and the grandfather went outside to shovel the snow away
1: from the door and windows, piling it up high here and there. In the afternoon,
0: the two were sitting near the fire, when noisy steps were heard outside and the door was pushed open. It was Peter, who had come up to see Heidi, muttering, Good evening, he went up to the fire. His face was beaming, and Heidi had to laugh when she saw little waterfalls trickling down from his
1: person, for all the ice and snow had melted in the great heat. The
0: grandfather now asked Peter how he got along in school. Heidi was so interested that she asked him a hundred questions. Poor Peter, who was not an easy talker, found himself in great difficulty answering the little girl's inquiries, but at least it gave him leisure to dry his clothes. During this conversation, the grandfather's eyes had been twinkling, and at last he said to the boy, Now that you have been under fire, General, you need some strengthening. Come and join us at supper. With that, the old man prepared a meal which amply satisfied Peter's appetite. It began to get dark, and Peter knew that it was time
1: to go. He had said goodbye and thank you when turning to Heidi, he remarked,
0: I'll come next Sunday. If I may, by the way, Heidi, grandmother asked me to tell you that she would love to see you. Heidi immediately approved of this idea, and her first word next morning was, Grandfather, I must go down to grandmother, she is expecting me. Four days later, the sun was shining and the tight-packed frozen snow was crackling under every step. Heidi was sitting at the dinner table, imploring the old man to let her make the visit
1: then. When he got up and fetched down her heavy cover, told her to follow him.
0: They went out into the glistening snow. No sound was heard, and the snow-laden fir trees shone and glittered in the sun. Heidi, in her transport, was running to and fro. Grandfather, come out. Oh, look at the trees. They are all covered with silver and gold. She called to Grandfather, who had just come out of his workshop with a wide sled. Wrapping the child up in her cover, he put her on the sled, holding her fast. Off they started at such a pace that Heidi shouted for joy, for she seemed to be flying like a bird. The sled had stopped in front of Peter's hut, and Grandfather
1: said, Go in. When it gets dark, start on your way home. When he had unwrapped her,
0: he turned homewards with his sled. Opening the door, Heidi found herself in a tiny, dark kitchen, and going through another door, She entered the narrow chamber. Near a table, a woman was seated, busy with mending Peter's coat, which Heidi had recognized immediately. A bent old woman was sitting in a corner, and Heidi, approaching her at once, said, How do you do, grandmother? I have come now and I hope I haven't kept you waiting too long. Lifting her head, the grandmother sought for Heidi's hand. Feeling it thoughtfully, she said, You are the little girl who lives up with the uncle. Is your name Heidi? Yes, Heidi replied. The grandfather just brought me down in the sled. How is it possible? Your hands are as warm as toast. Brigida, did the uncle really come down with the child? Brigida, Peter's mother, had gotten up to look at the child. She said, I don't know if he did, but I don't think so. She probably doesn't know. Heidi, looking up, said quite decidedly, I know that Grandfather wrapped me up in a cover when we coasted down together. Peter was right after all, said the Grandmother. We never thought the child would live more than three weeks with him. Brigida. Tell me what she looks like. She has Adelheid's fine limbs and black eyes, and curly hair like Tobias and the
1: old man. I think she looks like both of them. While the women were talking, Heidi had been taking in everything. Then she said,
0: "Grandmother." Look at the shutter over there, it is hanging loose. If Grandfather were here, he would fasten it. It will break the window pane. just look
1: at it. What a sweet child you are, said the Grandmother tenderly. I can hear it,
0: but I cannot see it, child. This cottage rattles and creaks, and when the wind blows, it comes in through every chink. Someday the whole house will break to pieces and fall on top of us.
1: If only Peter knew how to mend it, we have no one else. Why, grandmother, can't you see the shutter? asked Heidi. Child, I cannot see anything, lamented the old woman. Can you see it when I open
0: the shutter to let in the light? No, no,
1: not even then. Nobody can ever show me the light again. But you can see when you go out in the snow where everything is bright.
0: Come with me, Grandmother, I'll show you. And Heidi, taking the old woman by the hand, tried to lead her out. Heidi was frightened and got more anxious all the time. Just let me stay here, child. Everything is dark for me and my poor eyes can neither see the snow nor the light but grandmother does it not get light in the summer when the sun shines down on the mountains to say good night setting them all aflame no child i can never see the fiery
1: mountains any more i have to live in darkness always. Heidi burst out crying now and sobbed aloud. Can nobody make it light for you? Is there nobody who can do it, Grandmother? Nobody? Grandmother
0: tried all possible means to comfort the child. It wrung her heart to see her terrible distress. It was awfully hard for Heidi to stop crying when she had once begun, for she cried
1: so seldom. The grandmother said, Heidi, let me tell you something.
0: People who cannot see love to listen to friendly words. Sit down beside me and tell me all about yourself. Talk to me about your grandfather, for it has been long since I have heard anything about him. I used to know him very well. Heidi suddenly wiped away his tears, for she had a cheering thought. Grandmother, I shall tell grandfather about it and I am sure he can come and make it light for you. He can mend your little house and stop the rattling. The old woman remained silent, and Heidi, with the greatest vivacity, began to describe her life with Grandfather. Listening attentively, the two women would say to each other sometimes, Do you hear what she says about the uncle? Did you listen? Heidi's tale was interrupted suddenly by a great thumping on the door. And who should come in but Peter? No sooner had he seen Heidi than he smiled, opening his round eyes as wide as possible. Heidi called. Good evening, Peter. Is it really time for him to come home? exclaimed Peter's grandmother. How quickly the time has flown. Good evening, little Peter. How is your reading going? Just the same, the boy replied. Oh dear, I was hoping for a change at last. You are nearly twelve years old, my boy. Why should there be a change? inquired Heidi with greatest interest. I am afraid he'll never learn it after all. On the shelf over there is an old prayer book with beautiful songs. I have forgotten them all, for I do not hear them anymore. I longed that Peter should read them to me some day, but he never will be able to. Peter's mother got up from her work now saying, I must make a light. The afternoon has passed and now it's getting dark. When Heidi heard those words, she started. And holding out her hand to all, she said, Good night, I have to go, for it's getting dark.
1: But the anxious grandmother called out, Wait, child, don't go up alone. Go
0: with her, Peter, and take care that she does not fall.
1: Don't let her get cold, do you hear? Has Heidi a shawl? I haven't, but
0: I won't be cold, Heidi called back, for she had already escaped through the door. She ran so fast that Peter could hardly follow her. The old woman frettingly called out, Brigida, run after her, get a warm shawl. She'll freeze in this cold. Hurry up. Brigida obeyed. The child had hardly climbed any distance when they saw the old man coming, and with a few vigorous steps he stood beside them. I am glad you kept your word, Heidi, he said, and packing her into her cover, he started up the hill, carrying the child in his arms. Brigida had come in time to see it, and told the grandmother what
1: she had witnessed. Thank God, thank God, the old woman said. I hope she'll come again. She has done me so much good. What a soft heart she has the darling, and
0: how nicely she can talk. All evening the grandmother said to herself, if only he lets her
1: come again, I have something to look forward to in this world now, thank God.
0: Heidi could hardly wait before they reached the cottage. She had tried to talk on her way, but no sound could be heard through the heavy cover. As soon as they were inside the hut, she began. Grandfather, we must take some nails and a hammer down tomorrow. A shutter is loose in grandmother's house, and many other places shake.
1: Everything rattles in her house. Is that so? Who says we must? Nobody told me, but I know, Heidi replied.
0: Everything is loose in the house, and poor grandmother told me she was afraid that the house might tumble down. And grandfather, she cannot see the light. Can you help her and make it light for her? How terrible it must be to be afraid in the dark and nobody there to help you. Oh, please, grandfather, do something to help her. I know you can. Heidi had been clinging to her grandfather and looking up to him with trusting eyes. At last he said, glancing down, All right, child,
1: we'll see that it won't rattle any more. We can do it tomorrow. Heidi was so
0: overjoyed at these words that she danced around the room,
1: shouting, We'll do it tomorrow. We can do it tomorrow. Grandfather Keeping
0: his word, took Heidi down the following day with the same instructions as before. After Heidi had disappeared, he went around the house inspecting it. The grandmother, in her joy at seeing the child again, had stopped the wheel and called. Here is the child again. She has come again. Heidi, grasping her outstretched hands, sat herself on a low stool at the old woman's feet and began to chat. Suddenly, violent blows were heard outside. The grandmother, in her fright, nearly upset the spilling wheel and screamed, Oh God, it has come at last. The hut, is tumbling down grandmother don't be frightened said the child while she put her arms around her
1: grandfather is just fastening the shutter and fixing everything for you is it possible has god not forgotten us after all
0: brigida have you heard it Surely that is a hammer. Ask him to come in a moment, if it is he, for I must thank him. When Brigida went out, she found the old man busy with putting a new beam along the wall. Approaching him, she said, Mother and I wish you a good afternoon. We are very much obliged to you for doing us such a service, and mother would like to see you. There are few
1: that would have done it, uncle, and how can we thank you? That will do, he interrupted. I know what your opinion about me is. Go in, for
0: I can find what needs mending myself. Brigitte obeyed, for the uncle had a way that nobody could oppose. All afternoon the uncle hammered around. He even climbed up on the roof, where much was missing. At last he had to stop, for the last nail was gone from his pocket. The darkness had come in the meantime. And heidi was ready to go up with him, packed warmly in his arms. Thus the winter passed. Sunshine had come again into the blind woman's life and made her days less dark and dreary. Early every morning she would begin to listen for heidi's footsteps, and when the door was opened, and the child ran in, the grandmother exclaimed every time more joyfully, Thank God she has come again. Heidi would talk about her life, and make the grandmother smile and laugh, and in that way the hours flew by. In former times the old woman had always sighed, Is the day not over yet? But now she always exclaimed after Heidi's departure, How quickly the afternoon has gone by, don't you think so too, Brigitte? Her daughter had to assent, for Heidi had long ago won her heart. If only God would spare us the child the grandmother would often say. I hope the uncle will always be kind, as he is now. Does Heidi look well, Bridgetta? was a frequent question, which always got a reassuring answer. Heidi also became very fond of the old grandmother, and when the weather was fair, She visited her every day that winter. Whenever the child remembered that the grandmother was blind, she would get very sad. Her only comfort was that her coming brought such happiness. The grandfather soon had mended the cottage. Often he would take down big loads of timber, which he used to good Purpose. The grandmother vowed that no rattling could be heard any more, and that, thanks to the uncle's kindness, she slept better that
1: winter than she had done for many years.